Hey Atari Hackers, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I guess you are in full Christmas wind down right now. We definitely are here at Atari Hackers. So we decided to do a bit more of a laid back episode where we give you an update of where Mark and I are in business, what we've done this year, and you know, essentially recapping the different projects we've been working on and what's been doing well, what's been doing not so well, and putting that in perspective with what's happening in the industry, etc. So Usually in podcast episodes, we try to focus on tactics that you can use. We try to talk about you or real life examples, etc., and not really talk too much about us unless it's relevant to the story. But I know some people want to know how we're doing and the things we do. So this podcast is for these people. So if you are interested in that, stay tuned and let's get started with the episode. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today is kind of like our Christmas episode. So, you know, I have like, I'm pretending I have a hot drink. It's actually empty if you guys check. <laughs> but you should get a hot drink. Uh, it's going to be a casual episode where we're not really going to share any new tactics or anything like that, but rather just kind of like give you an update on where we were at personally, how 2020 went for us, and maybe like a bit of a read on like what happened and hopefully what our future plans are, etc. So obviously I'm not doing this with a guest today, so I'm doing this with Mark. So I guess the question is like, how is 2020 going, Mark? You know, it's been pretty good year, <laughs> I gotta say. And I, I, I guess I, I want to say we had a discussion like in private the other day, and you said 2020 has been the best year of my life or something like this. And a lot of people would like jump off a bridge hearing this, but uh, apparently for you, it wasn't the case. Yes. So, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of shit going on that hasn't been ideal. And yeah, that stuff hasn't been great. Talking about the global pandemic, of course. But the truth is for most website owners, and obviously there's people in the travel industry and, and other places that definitely have not had a good year. Most website owners, at least the ones I've talked to, have had really good years. Most mm -hmm. online businesses are thriving. More and more people are being forced to use them because of everything that's going on. And I think that transition is likely to continue rather than revert back to, to how things were kind of last year. Maybe just accelerated the process which is, was already changing. So as an authority site owner, it's been a really good year. What can I say? Yeah, I don't think it's going to reverse back. I think a lot of people were forced to buy online when they were kind of like against it initially. And maybe they found like a better deal or they got a pretty good experience or something. And they'd be like, well, why, why don't I just keep doing this? So I think from that point of view, it's quite good. I was actually catching up with some task members because I'm redoing the new sales page for the new task that we're going to release later. We'll talk about this a bit later. But, you know, I was catching up and like it was for testimonials, but I was also like, hey, how was your year, etc." Because most of these testimonials were shot last year because obviously it was easier to meet people face to face and shoot testimonials. <laughs> so I was like, hey, uh, how did it go? Like, because I wouldn't want to like feature a story if like their stuff crashed that year or something went wrong or something like this. And so most people that I talked to, like I, there's a guy that went from 15 to 30K per month this year and um, Charlie as well, who was like, his testimony was featured a little bit in the last April launch, like he was the, the British guy that was like rejected from McDonald's. That was the story. And then he did well with his site. Same. He doubled his revenue this year, actually. So he did really well. So yeah, quite happy overall for what the industry is. It's kind of a, like, to be honest, it's a bit at the expense of like physical businesses, etc. So, you know, it's not my fault, but it's been good for the business in general. So yeah, not not so bad. I think before we jump into our personal stuff, we're going to do a bit of a, what has changed this year, right? Yeah. So 
Go ahead, get started. So, I mean, obviously, pandemic and stuff aside, let's talk about some actual marketing stuff that's that's changed. And for me, what I've been seeing is that content on authority sites has been getting better and better. So I cast my mind back to five, six years, and basically all content on the web was terrible. There are a few exceptions, but everything was atrocious. So three, four, two, three years ago, Stuff started getting a lot better and people started really starting to understand search intent, but I'm still seeing all these kind of fluffy intros and just poorly thought out from a reader's perspective, like getting them to take action and, and those kind of things weren't thought through. But in 2020, I've seen numerous sites and these are not just like authority hacker members or people people we know, but just random sites that I found when browsing that like really capture your attention tell you exactly what you need to do, communicate clearly, have clearly thought out the content production process in detail and are not just you know sending a writer a, a title and a word count, which has seemed to be the norm you know two, three years ago. So I, I feel like we've, we've really turned a corner in that sense. And it's great, great for users, great for people uh, just browsing the web, trying to find information, but it's also raised the bar significantly for authority site owners. And I think that's a good thing. I still think there's a huge amount of headroom and huge amount of scope to improve further. We've seen that with some of the sites that we've started this year, looking around some of the content from competitors, maybe sort of two, three years old. And while it's good in places, and we certainly like gotten some cool ideas from it, now coming at it with a 2020 mindset, you know, the stuff we're producing is, is quite a lot better than, than what's out there. So yeah pretty happy with with how that's going but i'm excited to see that content quality is is becoming more of a a thing that people care about do you think it's um do you think it helps with rankings though like you know it's like i think it helps with conversion for sure so just for that reason it's probably worth it but is it does it really help with rankings it's hard to tell like i also remember this shitty sleep site that we saw when we analyzed the sites as well yeah. right it's like and these sites are ranking in like massive industries. So. so you're right. I firmly believe that user engagement, user signals, user metrics, whatever you call it, play a, a significant part in, in the algorithm. That sleep site, like it still kind of bothers me a little bit. Like how the <laughs> hell are they ranking for, for those, those terms? We'll put a link to it for those watching on YouTube if you want to go check out that episode where we analyzed a bunch of sites. And it was basically like a DR30 site or something like that, which was just dominating the niche, uh, the, the the sleep product niche. I think sites like that are not going to last forever. Whatever they're doing uh, underneath the hood, it's not going to not gonna work so well. We should well. monitor these sites. You know, when we find a really shit site ranking, we should literally set some tracking on it so that we get an idea of that because it's been kind of like that forever. Like you take a webinar from Wrench Fishkin in 2012 and he's like, these sites, they won't last. <laughs> and here we are, you know, <laughs> so, oh you know God, in black and I white and stuff. Guy now? But it's true. It's not the same size ranking for his defense. You know, it's like, it's just yeah, like yeah. new crap sites. But yeah, it's like, I see it, you know, like the black and white film of Wrench Fishkin with the little like lines of old film, etc., and him saying that. And saying that these crap sizes won't last and 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 we still see sites like that rank today, you know? Well, maybe we can do uh, shit sites, where are they now? The reunion episode <laughs> yes. in a couple of years' time. In 10 years, that should yeah. be, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, is, it is interesting to look at. I'm just a little bit cynical. I think, I think it helps with link acquisition and I think it helps, so like indirectly rankings. I think it helps massively with conversion rate. But I still think Google is not that smart that they will reward you for going the extra mile for that sake. If you take that page and you put 
no links to it. I or like the same amount of links as like a page that's like software optimized but crap content to read. I'm not sure I will do better, you know? Or even like a software optimized page but crap content versus a non-software optimized page but great content. You know, which one ranks, you know? Sure, but it's not like an either or calculation. I know, but it allows you to like put weight on things, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if you just like, if you like, I have this one or this one, which one does better? It allows you, and it's like, they might do similar. Uh, and I think even over time, the good content page might do better because it collects more links eventually, just just because it's good. But like, I think for the for a while, I think the semantically optimized page would do better, you know? I mean, if you really want, want to get into it, it's like, you, you could just go into the, let's spam a bunch of 500 word articles and then focus all on like the surfer-esque optimization side of things and, and see what happens. But I think we should try actually. I don't think that's <laughs> going to get you very far, in, especially in a competitive space. I think we should, we should try. I, th- I guess then it. you have like the other dimension of like link building and like how much of a weighting factor that is on it as, as well. Yes, yeah. we've one thing we've seen and kind of brings us on to the next point. One thing we've seen this year is, and I want to preface this because there's a lot of nuance to it. Link building is getting harder in some ways. What I mean by that is there's a lot more noise, a lot more people doing outreach and sites. First of all, sites have realized the value of links. So more of them are charging for it. That's a trend that's sort of continued over the last couple of years and probably will continue in the into the future unless Google does something significant about it in some way, which I don't see happening. But even if you do have like the best outreach campaign, like really, really good content, there's a lot of noise in there. And getting someone to open your email or realize that you're not just another one of these like spammers saying, hey, please link me, sir, or whatever, then it's difficult to stand out. But if you're able to do that, if you're able to be creative in some way and grab people's attention, more customization, more personalization, this kind of stuff. And just like the way you write your emails and I think like a more casual, friendly, kind of funny way seems to, seems to be working quite well. Yeah, I, I'm still struggling with that. I mean, personally, that doesn't affect me, you know? So it's like, it's. Um, I'm sure it works. So it's kind of like a lot of tactics that wouldn't work on me would work on many people. We always say like, you are not your audience kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but th- there's been a lot of situations this year when we've got replies from people like, oh, I get like a dozen of these a day. I don't normally reply to them, but da, 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 da. And then they, they get, give us a link. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I just like, I mean, I receive a lot of these and I don't answer to any, I answer to the really crap ones to just see what, like how bad they are, you know, (laughs) but, or like I offer them like a $70,000 for a link or something like this, like some, some crazy shit. I used to get a lot of these as well, but like, I really don't get any anymore. And I think it's because I got Hunter to remove me my email mm. from their database or something. So how do you do people, that? I, I can't remember. You you can either go in and there's a form or you email them or something, but there's a way you can just go and they'll they'll remove it so that people won't be able to find it and then you don't get as many outreach requests. So yeah, my email is a bit really more bothering public, so. you. Yeah. yeah, my yeah. email is a bit more public, so I think it's people would still find it. Another thing that happened is uh, Amazon cut their rights this year. I think in March, April, April they did, I think. End of April, yeah. Like to some industries, it, it kind of killed Amazon. I think like the health industry went to 1%, etc. commissions. 1.5, yeah. I mean, sure, you're making some money, but it's pretty terrible, to be frank. Yeah. At the beginning, I don't think we felt it so much because it was really offset a lot by all the lockdowns and people buying so much more on Amazon. Like I've, I haven't seen, like I'm sure some people feel it a bit more now that like the economies are a bit more reopened, etc. And like people go out more in real shops and so on. We haven't seen it too much to be honest it's not like amazon was a massive focus for us lately so i'm not 
too surprised, but yeah, it's like that has been an issue. And in my prediction, I said, like, I think uh, people will move off Amazon this year. I mean, next year or something like they will. Most people will try to build non-Amazon sites. Yeah, that's one thing that changed. And that's not so great because it was nice for beginners to start with it, at least. At the same time, it can almost be a little bit of a blessing in disguise because on the, the pre-reduced rates, like in the, the first half of the year, I think a lot of people were kind of coasting on that and not spending the time and energy and effort to find other offers, find other affiliate programs that could potentially make them a lot more money uh, if they just went out and looked there. Because Amazon, it's so low friction. It's so easy. It's kind of, you sign up to one program and you just you know find yeah. a product and link to it kind of thing. So I think whenever you have a change like this, it, focus, it forces people to reevaluate their kind of strategy with this. And I think I've seen quite a few people make that or more of a leap, not just cut Amazon completely for moral reasons or whatever. Yeah, but more try just harder, like yeah. yeah, try harder to find specific niche specific affiliate programs that pay, you know, 10, 20 times as much as, as Amazon does now in, in some cases and you know make a lot more money from them that way. The thing is like I liked it because for beginners it allowed you to not really have to worry about how you monetize. Yeah. That's true. And like you could focus on just let's start generating some traffic get paid by Amazon an okay amount, which you can still do, by the way. Like most niches that are like 3% or above, I think they're still good enough that you can still do that and you shouldn't really like completely discard Amazon, but it's definitely worse now than it used to be. Oh yeah, I liked it for that. And I think for every person that, you know, managed to move on, there's also a lot of people that didn't and struggled a bit. So that was definitely a big negative of like the industry this year. For me, it's the biggest negative of this year, even more than the core updates and all that stuff, etc. So yeah, it's a fact, you know, it's like, you have to deal with it. It's still manageable, you can still, and there's a lot of affiliate programs out there. It's like, it's, I especially realized it when I was looking for alternatives for our sites, et cetera. And like, even in some like pretty weird niches that found affiliate programs that do okay, make us okay money, often mixed with Amazon, not just on their own. But yeah, that's the biggest negative point of the year for me, basically, I think. Anything else that has changed in 2020 that you want to talk about? Uh, no. All right, let's talk about us because I think people like, they know all this stuff. People listen to podcasts. It's funny, <laughs> but before this episode, Gail was like, oh my God, this is so, our stuff is so boring. Like nobody will want to hear hear our stuff. No one cares about what we're, we're doing. Yeah, well, I, I think it's still, I mean, I think a lot of these things people know basically. That's why it's like, it's cool to have a recap, but let's talk about our stuff. So, I think, sorry, I think it's just like when you're really close to it and you're working on this stuff yeah. every day, it seems like so normal and like everyone, I mean, obviously that's what we're doing kind of thing, but you know, yeah, so this year was a bit of a transition year. So basically what happened is like our main, the site that we focused on the most that we sold now one year and uh, eight months ago, something like this, at the time at which we're recording this podcast, like we sold that and then this was our big guest project. We had other sites, but it was our biggest project. Then essentially this six to eight months after we focused on updating H Pro because we felt that there was a lot of stuff missing or that we could do better on some stuff, etc. So we did a lot of videos for H Pro. And then after that, we started new projects. And this year is this year where we kind of like established these projects as like running on their own. So now they all have like an editorial team and they have all of that. But it's kind of like that grind phase still. I, I can see on some projects it's getting to the end and it's growing nicely, but it's kind of like been that grind phase of, of growing new properties, et cetera. And 
some of them start to see the end, some of them are still in the middle of that. So it's been this kind of a lot of work for not the most amount of reward this year, I would say, in terms of like monetary, like we've seen progress, etc. But that's basically I think, what I think that's if, if you're to cash in now on those sites, you're, you're right. But like we see the upwards trajectory yeah, yeah, it's going okay. what it's, where it's going each month. So I think 2021 is going to be quite good for those. I'm not worried for it. It's just like, yeah, it's this kind of like this first year, year and a half of many projects is just like meh. Um, and and I think some uh, quite a few of these are in there. So the first one I want to talk about, one that is probably at the end of this kind of like grind period that has seen some nice growth recently is like a sports site. We did a lot of content. We did a hundred and 50 pages, I think, on this site this year or something. Yeah, it's basically, we did no link building for it as well. Mostly because it's like, and we'll talk a little bit about link building, but um, because it's like a small niche, it was a little bit difficult, more difficult to do some of the stuff that we do usually. But I think it's nice to get exposed to that so that we can figure that out, actually. But that site, yeah, that site is like mid four figures and kind of like we're slowly starting to ramp up link building. So I'm quite hopeful that by next spring, uh, we can take these two, fingers crossed, five figures per month. Let's see what, you know, what happens. You here. know, part of me, when I, I see these these case studies from other online marketers about building sites with no link building, and I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I genuinely doubted it. I was like, is that really like, is there really no link building going on? Is there like actually some that you just don't know about or is it hidden or is there something hidden VVNs going on? But like legitimately built a site, no link built no links. I think yeah, we've got yeah. one link or something. No, like we that. built Maybe three or four. We built three or four actually. Throughout yeah. the whole year. But it's making like job replacement income kind of level yeah, yeah. at the moment. It's the R6. <laughs> so, so I mean, it's good. It's uh, it shows you the thing that's good with that site is the site structure is really good. The site, the site structure was planned properly on day one, and uh, it pays off today, I think. And it's like a few years old, so it's like it's not a brand new domain. So I think these two things together work out well. But the link equity is pretty shitty, even compared to the competition. So it's quite, yeah, it's quite good. And I think I do believe we can take this site to like five figures or something, uh, which would be nice. I think. I think. And spring summer time could be done if we keep pushing the content and we kind of like accelerate a little bit on the link building. I think it can be done. The other side is uh, what we started this year actually. Uh, that was a bit challenging from a content perspective. We needed some like technical writers and people with degrees and things like that to be legitimate to write about technical things basically. And you work mostly on that actually. You, you yeah, that was that was really like a. I would say the most difficult thing we did this year, just like trying to get your head around the, the content when I don't necessarily understand like anything that's going on there. Looking at competitors, trying to like figure out what they're doing and, and mimic the best parts of that and really just like deliver complex information in a succinct way to that like a normal person can can understand is right really really difficult to do not to mention the challenge with like finding qualified writers and all the sorts of stuff side of things it's just been yeah we kind of like updated our content templates on this as well try to like do this more engaging type of content etc trying to write us at that and so on yeah there was a bit of a try and error like usually when we build the editorial team for a site it's like you know the first 10-15 pieces are a bit shit and uh, and we trying to like throw everything away and do it again, and and that happened again this time. So uh, here we go. I ended up having to um, pay one of our writers to write like the same article three times, I think, just because. And this wasn't her fault necessarily that it wasn't right the first time. It's a it's a learning process for us in that like we weren't clear about what we wanted, 
to begin with. So having like the first version so that we could like have something to go on and give feedback on was kind of necessary to go through that. But we've been through this process before on other sites. So fortunately, we were mentally prepared for it. And I remember in her final interview, I was like, this is likely going to happen. It doesn't mean your your content's bad. It's just our our process for figuring it out. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, I think a lot of people who want good content on their site kind of goes through that, basically. Anyway, this site is like much earlier days than the other one. It's already higher DR though. <laughs> so it's not, it's not so hard. So like we're doing a bit more link building there. Good hope for it in 2020. It's not making too much right now so i wouldn't worry about like it's not we need to we need to push it more it's kind of like something we started late this year so yeah basically let's just see how this site does we are ramping up content quite a lot i think we get like one article a day or something these days on on this article on this post on this uh, site sorry i don't want to slow it down to be honest i want to keep it going as long as we can for this stretch we have like two writers writing so let's see how it goes but yeah, let's keep pushing it, see what happens. And another thing that I've been working on as well is I've been experimenting with expired domains and not expired domains, but auction domains, which is a little bit different. Truth is I've been I've been like reading a lot about what PBN people say about expired domains because they're the people who deal with these the most in an SEO term. And they said that auction domains tend to be more successful for them as PBNs. So I was like, my idea is not to build PBNs, by the way. My, my idea is to build sites on these, but like skip the sandbox start with a DR20 to 30 site maybe, and you know see if I can rank. So, so far it's just experiments, right? I haven't been building a proper serious site. I've more like picked up some sites, picked up two, and I've been putting content on it that is related to what the site was about. And I, my goal was like, okay, can I get some early rankings, right? And I get some, but nothing's on page one. Uh, maybe because I picked a bit too difficult keywords to start with. I might uh, order some more content for like really easy keywords to see if I can rank. Like, because you know, the sandbox, I can see in this other site that we mentioned just before, we have like several rankings, like number 11, you know? And like Google's literally not letting us go on page one. <laughs> and it's like, that's the sandbox, right? And so my question is, are we in the same situation with uh, expired domains or not, expired slash auction domain or not? And uh, my guess is no. Because literally some of these articles have been starting to rank after two weeks or something and did okay. But I need to do more experiments. But if this works, then I can see myself starting some new sites on auction domains. Not expired, I need to stop saying that. Next year. And I think I might even do some pro content or something around that. Maybe add a lesson to test if people want to do that because I think you could cut the starting time quite a bit. So it's kind of like this experimental pool that's here to figure stuff out, but could turn into real sites because some of them are in pretty good niches, actually, that can make quite a lot of uh, effort money. So yeah, that's basically it's basically the new stuff that we've been focusing on this year. As I said, it's been mostly a rebuilding year, and this stuff, a lot of this stuff is going to pan out next year. Some of it, the first site we mentioned, definitely. And then the others, let's see. But let's talk about Autorio Hacker now. And let's talk about the disappointing stuff, which is the blog. <laughs> so, well, the blog, we've actually been publishing a lot of like support content on the site, but we don't really promote it. It's like, it's not written by us or anything. It's more content that's related to things that are talked about on the existing blog post that we link to and like capture some SEO traffic, right? And to be frank, we've been quite successful with that. Like SEO traffic on Notary Hacker is like 35% up, even more, I think, 47.6% up this year. So I'm happy enough, you know, for a competitive niche like that. It's it's pretty okay for like a not new site and so on. So it's been pretty good, but we didn't really do any 
proper blog posts, you know, any blog posts that's like for the community. It's the thing is like blogging, at least in this industry, like the, the real hardcore blogging, like putting out blog posts, it's not nearly as rewarded as it was three, four years ago. I feel like people tend to engage more now with podcasts and YouTube videos and things like that and social media in general, like just Facebook groups, et cetera, these things than they did on blogs before. And so for this kind of like pillar content, we've definitely seen a drop in engagement, a drop in all that. I know Brandon still does it, but even when I check his new posts, they don't get nearly as much engagement as like some of his early posts did, for example. Just want to pick up on that there. It's a phenomenon I noticed that like, no matter how good your content or the level of your content becomes, people will like normalize it very quickly yeah. and they're just not going to consume it all. Like we've seen it with in the, in the podcast, we'll talk more about that in a second, with like new show ideas and structures and ways of doing things which work very well like the first, second time you, you do it, but then people are just like, you know, okay, I've had yeah, enough yeah. of this, I'm back to normal kind of thing. Yeah, I think so. And I think just the mode of consumption of content is just changing in this industry. And so blogs are becoming more of an SEO play now to like have new people discover you rather than like a community event where your followers get really excited about it. Like these podcasts are that community event, you know, and YouTube videos, like when I did this one on refreshing content on using the tracking domains from affiliate networks to find affiliate sites and reverse engineer niches, etc. Like this stuff does get quite a bit more momentum than most blog posts do. And actually also takes less time to produce. So that's why we kind of like slowed down on this. And the blog is, it, it, blogs are in this industry are basically becoming a support channel. Like it's not becoming a main channel anymore. Like you, your main channel now is going to be video content. It's going to be, to be audio content. It's going to be, and there could be like some guys, like some big guys or something, like something really good, but it's kind of like one-offs and you kind of need to come up with a new concept every time you do this, rather than like have this format that you repeat again and again, and that the community reacts equally well to every time you release it, you know? So it's kind of our analysis of that. I think Spencer, like Niche Pursuits, he also came to the same conclusion because he basically said, well, my blog is now an SEO thing and uh, I'm going to do the cool stuff on YouTube. It's just the way the world's going these days. I mean, people consume content on, on YouTube now. That's uh, they engage on YouTube, you know, like they, they engage on YouTube, they engage on like, uh, I think stories as well would work really well. Like if I see like Russell Branson, et cetera, like people who are not exactly in our niche, but similar, doing really well on these. So yeah, I think, yeah, you don't engage people with blogs anymore. You kept, you get new people discover you with blogs by ranking on Google. So yeah. And, and the SEO stats say that, like we actually did better this year in terms of SEO growth than we did on a year where we would publish, you know, one big community post per month and no support content. So we did better than that. So yeah, for people who like the big blog posts, the plan is actually, and let's jump on YouTube right now because I think these are together, but my plan for next year actually is to, I did a couple of like what I call real YouTube videos where it's like, you know, like a 10 minute video, not a podcast or something like this, where, you know, I, I give a tutorial or I teach a tactic or something, I show something cool. These went really well. They even went quite a bit better than podcast videos. And I think that's going to be becoming our flagship content, this stuff. But uh, we're working with our team of writers to take these videos and actually make, you know, posts with screenshots, et cetera, to like essentially break down what's in the video and you can have it in a written 
content format and you have like the video on top and you have the, the notes below, basically. We are working on that becoming our main content rather than like actual blog posts, etc. And focus more on, yeah, using these cameras we bought, using all that stuff and creating that kind of content around that. Yeah, I think something that really appeals to me about that is it's more authentic in that it's you or I producing like the core message of that content. Yeah, not video. Else, yeah. Even though we're augmenting ourselves by, because we have to for time purposes without having other people write it up and stuff, like coming up with a concept, the way we're presenting the idea, that's still going to be kind of us. I think that in the past, whenever we've tried to grow the blog, we've always always had to wrestle with that, that just time-wise. We didn't have time so to do it long. properly. Yeah, exactly. And then, then we just outsource the content and then people want our stuff, not these writers' stuff, you know? It's like, yeah. it works for like support content, right? Like when we write about a specific niche or something like this or whatever, like that's okay. And some reviews uh, our writers do. But you know, one thing I'm considering doing as well uh, next year, so our product reviews are quite popular as well, right? Even the, I did the Link Whisper review on YouTube, for example, this year. I did really well. I'm considering actually doing a live stream of me essentially preparing the review. And like literally just like setting up a dummy site and like installing it and people can join and ask questions, etc. And then essentially make a 10 minute YouTube video from a mix of a voiceover of me writing something that's quite nice and like flows really nice. But you can take a B-roll from the stream uh, to overlay that. Like I say, oh, I had this problem with that, etc. And then you see that part of the stream that I had this problem and so on. Essentially doing that so we can have some live mixed with some real YouTube videos and then that becomes written content from the proper YouTube video or something. So that's the kind of stuff where we're going because to be honest, I've been enjoying YouTube a lot this year. And the reason why I think is because you, unlike SEO, you get fast feedback and fast result, right? Because yeah. YouTube is both a social network and a search engine. It's a search engine powered by a social network. So social network metrics, basically. So if people watch your videos a lot, if they like it, if they comment, et cetera, then you're going to start ranking for your keywords. You're going to get more people discovering you, subscribing, then more people watch your next video and kind of like snowballs like that. And you can ping pong between the social side and the SEO side of YouTube, which is great. And it's much more fun than SEO, to be honest. So that's been quite fun. And I think we've been putting the, the podcast on YouTube, obviously. I think one thing that, that it has changed as well is like when you have an audio podcast, you get the same downloads every week, right? And it's like, it's like you know, for us, what, what like, happens is these apps that people subscribe to a podcast on, a lot of them automatically download new episodes and that triggers another view. So you don't really get that much kind of like tactile feedback on whether each episode is good. You do, if it's something's really good, it'll generally get more downloads. More. But on YouTube, that... Yeah. The, the difference between like a, an average podcast and a really like popular one is like 30x or something like that. You know, it's it's massive. Yeah, so it, it's good because, you know, like when we just had the audio numbers, it would be like, okay, let's do a podcast. And we didn't get any feedback. We didn't know what was good, what was bad. We didn't know how well we were doing, etc. Whereas now with YouTube, it really shows you like last week was shit or like last week was great or something. And it's like for us, it makes it's like if we had a bad week the week before, I'm like, shit, we need to change something. We need to do something a bit better, etc. And that's forced us to do a better job, actually. Overall, the podcast has done quite well, to be honest. Like, yeah, I, I don't think you believed in it at the beginning. I think you were like, what the hell, you know? No, I did believe in it. So here's the issue, right? We we're trying to squeeze what it was inherently an audio publication, the, the Authority Hacker podcast, onto YouTube. And at times we felt we were being like too too much pulled by the the YouTube side of things and it was becoming more just a video and then it was well like well it would be this topic while we could do a 40 minute podcast on it it would actually be better if we did a proper 
10 minute, well published, well edited YouTube video that was like meant for YouTube and not meant to be a podcast. So we've been like kind of wrestling with that two sides of that fence a little bit this year. That's why we experimented with doing the daily podcast for a couple of weeks over yeah. the summer, which actually like metrics wise turned out pretty well, to be honest. And it was it was kind of cool. Like it allowed us to express ourselves in different ways and talk about some smaller topics that wouldn't necessarily fit into a, a bigger show. But it wasn't kind of what we've been known for. A lot of like existing members of our, our courses they didn't like happy, it so yeah. much. To be honest, the numbers were relatively inconclusive, like 50% or like 40% of people liked it, 60 didn't or something. But, you know, that's a very small sample size. So we don't really know too much, but either way, it wasn't like, a, oh my God, people love this, let's just do that. So we reverted back to the, the longer form stuff. I, I think it was losing a bit of momentum at the end as well. It was kind of like these people were excited at the beginning and it just kind of like stabilizes and goes down a bit, like the daily numbers were going down a bit and so on. I think what it does... With YouTube, it gives you more opportunity for people to discover you through random keywords. I think that's what it does. I can see ourselves doing like another couple of weeks this year or next year. With, yeah, we might um, try again. With, with, with doing that. Just because there are these certain ideas that like you just, they're too, way too short to fit on a, a normal yeah. podcast. So. I think one thing we did on YouTube, I want to talk about the premieres as well. So basically there's that function on YouTube that not many people know about called premieres when you post your video. And what it does is essentially it's, pretending your video is a live stream and creates a, a live chat on the right, etc. at the time at which you, you release it. And there's that one time that you set and then everyone kind of like goes and checks it out and watches it And everyone it has together. to watch it at the same time. Like you can't yeah. fast forward or rewind it kind of thing. So, so it feels like, like a, a live, but we've been going on these ones and answering people's questions. And that means that a lot of people actually started showing up to these and like they uh, show up weekly and like we chat with them, etc. Not only is that a cool way to engage with people and your community, but actually what it does is it boosts your early metrics on YouTube. So you get way more people, like you get you get like way more people watch the video in the first two hours. And what that does is like YouTube loves that. When a video gets a lot of views in it, at the beginning, it just promotes it a lot more and then eventually you get a lot more reach. So uh, not only has this been a really good promotion tactic i don't think it scales necessarily like you know if you're like a 1 million plus subscriber youtuber i don't think it makes as much sense but when you start i think it's it's been quite good and you can just promote this and be like hey like if anyone ever asks you a question you'd be like i answer questions on the premiere just come every monday at 5 p.m or something and then we would just go there and then people would come and and it would just increase our numbers and actually help us with that so that helped quite a lot we crossed we don't display our subscriber numbers, you know. It was on purpose, but I'll say it on this podcast, we crossed 10,000 subs. Funny story about that, actually. We used to have another YouTube channel with 10,000 subscribers, and we were doing a, a G Suite migration, sort of merging all our domains into one, one G Suite. And uh, yeah, we accidentally deleted it, and there's no way to get it back because, yeah, Google, YouTube, help is just not really that great. So it's good that we finally got back there two and a half years later or however it was. I think it's not fair though, because like the 10,000 we had were mostly from giveaways. Yeah. So it was people who don't give a shit about our content. I mean, give less of a shit, they'd rather just win free stuff. Whereas now it's like people who actually enjoy the content, like we haven't really cheated the system this time. So yeah, it's it's still growing regularly. Like we're not skyrocketing or something. I think the silver button is still a while away. But who knows if I start doing lives, etc. It might help actually. Like I was checking the stats. I did two lives and uh, we got a lot of subscribers when I did it. So I might do my my live stuff to prepare videos. People can join and like 
see the behind the scene of me testing tools or like unboxing it, etc., and then make a clean video from that. And then that creates two pieces of content, basically. Anyway, the audio podcast grew a little bit as well, but growing an audio podcast is an absolute pain in the ass, which was one of the main motivation to go on YouTube. So it's like 515,000 downloads in 2020, but like we're not done with 2020 yet. So how did you get that number? No, I did. So I did like December to December 2019. So it was two 12-month periods up so until we grew yesterday, like basically. 10.5, 11%, basically. Like, which is... I mean, it's good that people are staying. That's just on the audio podcast. Yeah, that yeah, same yeah. podcast, also now on video going to YouTube, we got 160, 170K views on that this year yeah. alone. So when you add in that, a bigger uplift. Yeah, 46 so 46% increase. growth, actually. 45.92 if you want the, if you want the actual number. But yeah, that's pretty, um, yeah, pretty, pretty happy about it. I guess this has worked, but I think one of the big factors of growth is actually that feedback from YouTube, you know? Like the fact that it pushes us, like it makes us try harder. Doesn't be like, oh, it's Friday night. We have to do a podcast. Let's just go and do it, you know? Speaking of which, like if you guys want more of a specific kind of of content, go on our YouTube channel and like leave a comment and let us know like, hey, this is great. This is shit. You know, do more of this. Don't do this. Like give us that feedback. And we really do listen to all those comments and respond to most of them as well. So that's a good way of kind of having a bit of an influence on the direction where we go with this next year. Cool. Plus it's great to pump our social metrics, you know. Also. Like this video. Anything else to say about YouTube podcast or that stuff? No. Okay. So overall pretty good, I guess. If you count 45.9%, but I think the, the adding it on YouTube was a big deal, actually. I think it was a, the right move. And I wouldn't be surprised if next year YouTube gets close to the audio numbers, actually. Okay. You wanted to talk about conferences, but uh, <laughs> what conferences? Yeah, just because we talked about it. We talk about this every year. But in 2019, we did a, a, a couple of talks at some conferences. Obviously, 2020, except from early in the year, there hasn't really been any. We were planning to go to a few of them this year, but specifically not speak at them because as we said last year the time it takes to prepare presentations and all that kind of stuff is just not really worth it for us compared to all the other stuff we could be be doing but next year i think there'll be a big party at uh chiang mai seo conference uh assuming it, it goes ahead and vaccines are around and all that kind of stuff it makes me think of uh, a meme i saw the other day which was uh like some kind of like apple presentation and there was a uh, Oh, 20, you saw 2020 was bad and there's a like Apple guy and in the screen behind there's like COVID-20, COVID-20 Pro. And oh yeah, I saw that. So, I was like, okay, well, hopefully not, but let's see. Okay, so no conferences, no speaking, obviously. Link building, you wanted to talk about link building as well. We went from DR74 to DR75 on Notary yeah, Hacker. Which doesn't sound like much, but it, remember, it's a logarithmic scale. So it gets progressive, the increases progressively higher. What what is interesting though is we went from 2300 referring domains at the start of the year to 3500, which is a what 50% something increase. For uh, now obviously, yeah, so it just just goes to show you um like how that scale sort of measure. One one issue and you can kind of get a more granular look of DR by looking at the Ahrefs rank metric, but at least when I was looking at the dashboard, we could only seem to get the last 3 months of data there. I'm not sure why, but yeah, we've captured what it is at the moment. It's like 33,700 and something. So we'll be able to compare this year versus next year more more accurately from, from that perspective. Do you think there's a lot of shit links in there as well? I think there is actually. Like, Probably. Um, I mean, yeah. obviously I we have good links in there. So, I mean, we've been doing a lot of link building for Authority Hacker, like active stuff. Obviously, the higher DR your site 
becomes, like the less marginal impact each new guest post or each new uh, of these kind of links has. But what's also interesting is that why are you screwing your face up? Because I'm checking Ahrefs and I see a lot of like foreign spam with like Viagra and Cote explaining to our site. <laughs> Okay, well, you know, negative SEO then. Uh, I mean, we did build a lot of links, but I think there's some of that as well, to some extent. Yeah. Uh, which would also explain that this many linking domains for only one point of the R. I think the, uh, a lot of the posts we've done in previous years, like some of the data posts and just some of the stuff that naturally acquires a lot of links has also naturally acquired a lot of links. Yeah. You know, when you get into it, when you're ranking number one for a term, uh, like a, an info term that a lot of people talk about, people quote you and people link to you quite frequently for that kind of stuff. Yeah, fair enough. It's actually interesting. It's funny. Like I'm looking at this right now and um, they're linking to a search page that has like some porn keywords in there, right? But if you click on that link, it doesn't give you a 404. It just gives you a page with the keywords up there and then just nothing was found on the website. But what it does is it essentially might be indexing that URL for Google with essentially porn keywords on it. So quite interesting. Did you see awesome. I sent you the URL? Yeah. So quite interesting, actually. I might change the way our search works or something because I can see how this is actually uh, an exploit here. Anyway, that was not intended, but uh, I was checking as you were talking about it. <laughs> We did build a lot of good links as well. So that was quite interesting. But if you want to see some spam, go check our link uh, profile and check the links in the last 60 days. There's been quite a bit. Okay, anything else to say about link building? Uh, no, not really. Okay, so one big part of our year as well was refreshing the authority site system. It's, you know, I counted the other day. Again, I was working on the sales page, right? And it was 201 videos, which I'm like, it's kind of crazy actually that we've shot this much this year and the way it happened it was not like some kind of like long-term plan or something is one day mark just decided to rewatch the course and watch maybe half of it and was like he called me and he's like i'm not happy we can do much better i think there's like some issues here etc and bam it just got us into a six months reshoot of the course basically and we're just finishing and we started in june i think my exact words were this course is fucking terrible we can do a lot better <laughs> Don't say that. People are still taking it. <laughs> well, it's going to be, the new version is actually out early January. So it's like literally just a few days after this podcast is out. Yeah. Current members also have access to the beta, like the first 10 modules, I think, are already in if there. And yeah, if you're a customer, you can Friday. see pretty much everything yeah. at this point. So yeah, the official launch is... Um, is when I say January. something's terrible, I got into real trouble with word agents once when they sent us some content and I was like, this is terrible. I don't actually mean it's like terrible, terrible. I mean, it's like not perfect. That's like default feedback by mouth. Bit of a perfectionist at these things. So yeah. Yeah. So now that we're done with test 2.0, 3.0, we're definitely done with 2.0, but <laughs> with the three, like how much better do you think it is than the old version? Like how happy are you? Let's be honest. Like it's kind of like hard because it's just before the launch, but like, just be honest. It's like out of 10. So like right now I look back at task 2.0 and I think, oh, that's maybe like a six out of 10. And uh -huh. then 3.0, it's like a nine. Like I, okay. I really think it's like 50% better in that sense. It's a lot bigger, but we've just like thought through the explanation and it's not necessarily that there's like, oh, here's all these brand new tactics that no one's ever heard of before. It's just our teaching and our way of getting people to understand things and take actions has gotten significantly better. Yeah, fair enough. I have news tactics in there as well, quite a lot, actually. 
like one of them was this reverse engineering affiliate networks, for example, like that YouTube video I made. But there's there's several others. The niche research is like a lot deeper, a lot more like tactics to find more of everything, really. Like pretty happy with that. A lot of this came from a survey we did of our members back in, I think it was March or April sort of time. We just asked them a bunch of bunch of questions. We had like 200 something people re reply and we just aggregated all the data. We looked at things like pain points where people were getting stuck. We looked at our uh, usage statistics in, in LearnDash to see like where people were getting to and where people were getting stuck. Uh, we implemented a bunch of changes, like even in the existing version. So we started reaching out to people when they reached a certain point to check they're okay. And we went to town on explaining things much more clearly for the, the niche research, keyword research modules split into to, to many more um, different lessons. So I think that whole side of things is much, much clearer now. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Now, I mean, and if you want more, yeah, you, I mean, there is an official launch in literally a few days, beginning of January. So, you know, expect this. Watch out for our emails. If you are not on the email list, go on the homepage and sign up for the email list. And you will hear about this. Atari Hacker Pro, there was actually three new blueprints, but mostly they were at the beginning of the year. So, and we also had single lessons. We did 18 new single lessons as well for H Pro. And all the those really cool, also actually. included in H Pro. So, I mean, in total, that's still like 200 and uh, maybe 250 videos, something like this, 260. I actually, I really, I'm quite a big fan of those uh, single lessons we released. It just allowed us to cover a lot of like really small topics that were way too small to make into their own blueprint. But I think were very actionable, very kind of useful, especially some link building ones. Yeah, I still think that on the pro side, it was lighter than the year before yeah. where we focused more on it. That's because we spent the last six months working on tasks. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, pro member got it anyway. But yeah, I think next year there will definitely be more pro than tasks. Oh, now yeah, because a lot put, more. Because we put so much effort. So it's like, yeah, it's mostly going to be H pro content next year. And then there's some cool blueprints that will be coming, actually. Anything else that you want to cover this year? No, not really. I think that's it. Like, it really feels like... I don't know. It really feels like this year we've just done tasks, although I, I forget. No, that, that was six months stuff, before. <laughs> stuff before that. Yeah, yeah. No, we did we did some stuff, but yeah, there was like this reset of like a lot of new properties, like projects building up editorial teams, etc. There was this support content on Atari Hacker. There was the podcast, new format, YouTube figuring out, etc. And then there it's was a lot of tasks, uh, like was... behind the scenes things going on as well. Like we did really like a lot of work improving our customer support this year. It now takes during business hours, like three hours for someone to get back to you. Whereas this time last year, at the end of last year, I think it was like a day or a day and a half. So like all those metrics, all those numbers, all the, the kind of NPS scores and stuff have, have gone massively up. So you guys seem to be having a better experience there as well. Yeah, I think we have really good feedback on the support and so on. Uh, fixed a lot of like email stuff as well. Like our, we revamped our email system. We did like a lot of like smaller projects that it's like maintenance, right? Or like just gross stuff that you need to well, do. The that's just million and one stuff. tags we had for everyone in active campaign, started cleaning those up. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, but actually it's funny because at the time at which we're recording, there's literally 20,000 emails being deleted from the list if they don't open like this warning email right now. So that gives you an idea of the kind of projects that we have going on right now. Okay, any final words of wisdom? Yes, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. That's the 2020 motto. Uh-huh, okay. Uh <laughs>
<laughs> you sound you so know, impressed, Gil. <laughs> by the way, I wanted to say, we are recording this podcast. Literally today, Google is releasing a new core update. So that's why we're not mentioning it in this podcast. Uh, <laughs> the tweet came out like an hour before we recorded, right? So it's a recording a bit before. So you can Let's record a- two versions. So yeah, like that last update that Google did this this earlier this year was amazing. <laughs> oh my God, like that last update was terrible. It's been so bad. So yeah, we can't tell you what's gonna, what happened or anything, but uh, obviously you probably know, just go on some Facebook groups and you will see what people say. Anyway, is this the last podcast of the year? No, there's going to be another one next Monday, but this is the last one for Christmas. So if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. And uh, we can still say, well, thank you for tuning in this year. If you're still listening to the audio, but haven't checked uh, YouTube, you should check that out as well, because we try to add some cool stuff on video as well. So yeah, check it out. And if you're on YouTube and you have not subscribed, which I think 36% of people are because I checked the stats around click on the subscribe button so you don't miss the next videos click on the bell so you really don't miss the next videos because youtube wants you to click twice and uh, thumb it up if you like this kind of podcasts if you want to hear more about our projects and so on and let us know in the comments how your year of 2020 went and we are quite curious to see how it was and if you want to interact more with us you can come to the premieres every monday on youtube just check our youtube channel it's going to be announced you can set a reminder so you can join us there so thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week (music) 